0: Yes people, how are we all doing? I hope everyone's doing great. So welcome back to Process, a podcast by me, Brendan Pearson. So in today's episode, we are joined by a sports psychologist, David Charlton. So me and David just finished recording an episode for his podcast and then straight afterwards we jumped on my podcast and recorded a little bit about the mindset of top athletes, why focusing on perfection might not be the best case, dealing with injuries and setbacks, also a little bit about how different sporting environments specifically football in this example can affect an athlete And then also at the end David does open up quite a bit about the sad story of his wife which we massively appreciate him talking about on the podcast and what that process has taught him and also a little bit of lessons that you can take away at home from David's story as well but anyway that's enough of me talking let's get on with this episode of process Hi everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is Process, a podcast by me, Brendan Pearson. So today, our guest is David Charlton, sports psychologist. Welcome to the podcast, David. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, know for... it's going to be a good one. could be an interesting one. So it's early days for me in terms of podcasting, so it's great to have somebody like yourself, yourself on it. So don't you mind telling the listeners a little bit about, about yourself, kind of your background, more importantly, your kind of, upbringing into podcasting, sorry, upbringing into psychology, um, and kind of how it came about. So, so yeah, I mean, ultimately, like you say,
1: I'm a sports psychologist, so my job's to, to help athletes, coaches, teams, I even work in business as well, to help people f- perform better, straight forward, really, um, you know, to reach that goal faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I've got a special interest in mental toughness and, and resilience, development, so, you know how people handle obstacles setbacks challenges all that sort of stuff um so so yeah that's a little bit about what I I do as far as like me root sort of into it um so yeah I mean as a kid I was I always loved my sport I, I played a lot of football and um golf football was to what school team level and um Golf, I found I was a little bit better at. Um, that was like the, what, county, yeah, county level as a kid. Um, but I always, even even back then, um, when you're looking at psychology-wise, um, I, I had an interest in it because I, I knew I lacked confidence and, like, something was missing. Um, and really, you know, looking back, that was the thing that stopped us from progressing anymore in my golf.
0: So, so yeah, I hope that... I, That that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, simple enough. Anyway, no, it's good sporting background, so it's perfect. You're talking about mindset and stuff like that. There, just to delve into a few things that we're going to talk a bit about yourself, and also a bit about athletes. But you've worked with some top level like golf athletes. I know you've worked with um, in the PGA Tour or sorry European Tour. Have you kind of found any sort of traits that you've seen in a lot of top athletes that are very similar that kind of stand out to you? Ooh, right, okay. I mean, yeah, I've worked.
1: Like you see, you mentioned golf. I mean, I've worked um, in motorsport, football, rugby. You name, you name the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, from yeah, your grassroots up to your, your your elite. Um, as far as elite goes, I would say you know you've obviously people are committed. The the very committed to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think where some people struggle is where they're so committed. They they don't have like a a balance in their life yeah. and a and a perspective and a yeah a good clear perspective. Um, so and I th- from what from what I see is it's born from like the chase and perfection in some ways. Um, you know they lack lack a little bit of trust in their in their skills, mm-hmm. and then they end up working harder and harder, and they're not really. Sort of taking stock and and clearly really understanding what the strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah, um, that's that's definitely apparent. Um, I mean, how you how you you learn that that and it's a skill. Ultimately, I think you you know you need to have good people around you, um, people who are going to question you, um, that are going to I suppose, big you up as well um, and really help you sort of organise yourself. I think they're, they're huge, huge things and it'll it's the difference really between,
0: you know, you being pretty good at something and being like super successful ultimately. Mm-hmm. Just to go back to the point that you made about the kind of people that you surround yourself with, it was a point that I was, I was going to make later on but we'll make it now. Do you think that people's upbringing and the people – that they surround themselves with not only make a difference in terms of like how successful they're going to be, but how they deal with the success. Like for example, I know there's young lads in terms of football who maybe they get this money in and they just, maybe they were brought up in a background where they didn't have that and they kind of just go and blow all the money straight away kind of thing. Do you think there is a difference? We'll start off with it in terms of how they actually get success. Do you think that the upbringing and the people that surround yourself with, how does that affect you in terms of actually becoming successful
1: I suppose yeah I mean yeah it does it has a it has a big impact I mean if you think about it just from a from a straightforward level um if if you've got a a parent or um uh, like brothers sisters who are like really hard and they, they criticize you all the time or they just criticize and moan and whinge about other people then the likelihood is you're going to model that on you as from from being a young kid um and you're going to criticize and from there like one of the things can happen you can then like criticize yourself as well um and be like really really hard on yourself um so i mean that's just what like one, one, one instance um also you know you you're going to likely get you're likely going to, you know, going to model your parents' behaviours or uh, like in their values as well, up to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it, a lot of this will happen like unconsciously. So you know, like little things. They talk about spend spending money. There, um, if if you, I don't know, if your folks are are uh, quite tight and they don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> spend money and stuff like that, then um, you know you you might well follow the follow suit there and um save a hell of a lot. Um mm. but if you know if they're like sticking stuff on credit cards and going to going to nice places then you you know you might fall into that trap. Yeah. So yeah, has a definitely has a big effect.
0: Yeah, yeah, because something like I said I was going to talk a little bit later on, but it came up now. So just in terms of I've seen it from my obviously coming from the football background, working up through the ages um through the academy setup at uh, the Premier League team. I still feel maybe more can be done to kind of support people who maybe get the professional contracts or something quite young or get a good contract quite young because I see it all the time, lads, get this money and then they maybe career doesn't go the path. could be injury. It could be maybe they're just, they're just unfortunate with other circumstances or they just signed somewhere. The manager doesn't like them and they maybe come out of the game. Like, I think a lot more probably should be Really be done to kind of support that in terms of financial um support in terms of learning how to deal with that, and also the mental side, like psychology where I, I still don't think enough is done in in the game from my perspective anyway, in terms of football i have certainly sport that i can see into, but I think more needs to be done at a younger age so the, have you worked with any younger athletes yourself yeah quite quite to say quite a few yeah you
1: you going going into. They dub um, what hundreds, yeah, yeah. you know, hundreds of athletes, younger athletes. So right? that's why I suppose that's why you start as a as a sports psychologist. Really, you, you know, you yeah. build your confidence up and, and you go from there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing I notice, I mean, regardless of whether it's football or not, um, resilience to to different like challenges is people don't like to talk about it. Ultimately. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, be it money, be it being knocked knocked back, be it injuries, things like that. Um, the firstly, the one of the best ways to deal with it is by having conversations, understanding what you might experience in those situations, and having a little bit of a plan as to how you would deal with it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, if you're not <clears throat> given the support by your club or or um just the, the whole setup doesn't give you that support and you don't have them conversations, then you know, you they're just gonna happen and then you're gonna react and respond in in whatever way and yeah. a lot of people will
0: not react and respond very well ultimately. Yeah. I think there's only so much you can kind of kind of teach people to deal with things. I think a lot of things you kinda of have to go through it and learn it yourself that you have to go through the experiences and learn what it feels like and learn how how you react in those situations but there is got to be that kind of guidance to what will kind of benefit you and what won't um especially at younger age so i think like yourself working with younger athletes is probably massive what do you do you feel like when you're looking at athletes when they're younger do you see traits in them when they are that that age, like right, this kid is going to be successful. Like you can just see that they've got something. Like it might just be genetic, or it might just be something that they've kind of developed from the parents or the people that they surround themselves with. Like, do you think there is that you can look at someone when they're younger and think they've got the kind of mindset of a of a champion, as they call it? That's the kind of call it is. Um,
1: I suppose it probably gets back to like some of the factors we talked about earlier. Um, about you know the the work ethic. the the commitment level um i mean when i yeah when i think about it um i I worked with what england golf for five years with in in our region with the the best young players and um it's quite amusing there we set them a challenge in a january um really really cold day once um where get yourself out on the on the range and could, they could hardly feel their hands and, and what have you. And we give them a few like challenges to do. Mm-hmm. And they just looked at us as if we're absolutely <laughs> mental. And yeah, uh, not g- that. giving them those challenges. <laughs> like um, but there was like I'm think there was two of them. Two of them, it didn't really seem to bother them. though I just, yeah, fair enough, I'll take it in my stride. Um got on, got a head down and like did what they needed to do. Yeah. Whereas the others were having a good old moan and um complaining what have you. Uh-huh. And then you look now, those two are the ones who've gone up that extra level uh-huh. um than, than the rest of them. So that's I mean that's definitely one factor. Then then you know you it's definitely, you know, that just having that real inner confidence, that inner inner trust in yourself is, is huge. Because um, we're you know we're all we're all a little bit different personality wise you know some mm-hmm. people are, are, are sociable you know some people aren't so sociable yeah yeah um some people are like really hold their emotions back and you'll, you'll, you 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 kind of read them you find it really difficult to read them but other people are going to let it all out there mm-hmm. that's you know i think that's all fine um i mean <clears throat> some guys that I, that i've worked with um they've been misunderstood by by coaches, I've noticed because the they've been, you, you know, you know when you're playing sport and you get you get yourself in the zone and you and you just I suppose you what them um, you got your game face on. Ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they're a bit like that in life as well. So they're not really good at sort of showing their emotions. Emotions. So mm. so there was a, a few of them. Well, that I've seen have been like questioned in terms of well, how motivated are they? How driven are they? But ultimately, the thing was they just they just weren't very good at showing it. But yeah, behind the scenes, they actually, you know, they did all the stuff, just did it in a in a different way, and that's yeah, you know, that's absolutely fine. Like,
0: yeah, everyone's everyone's got their own way, got their own kind of process and you own know, way of dealing with things, and kind of getting in that in that zone that you talk about. So, one thing that I've found which I find frustrating sometimes, anyway, I've seen it in football, is there's the people who they work really hard and then there's the people who maybe have the talent and then there's the people that kind of have it all, they like have little aspects of the ball. So I think, like you probably heard the same before, like talent get only gets you so far, hard work gets you the extra amount or whatever, whatever they're saying, this kind of thing. I find it interesting, like I said in football, when... Like for me, I was fortunate enough that I had kind of I was always being hard hardworking, and I had I was, it was all right. I was talented, all right, but obviously I had injuries and stuff like that. But then people I've seen don't work as hard as myself, and they kind of get to a very good level, which I find interesting in sport. I don't know if it applies to any us. It probably does apply to other sport. Like obviously you're kind of more you're an expert kind of in golf, playing golf and stuff like that. Do you find that people's success isn't always Equal to the amount of hard work that you put in. It's a difficult question to answer. and I've it a little bit there, but um, you see that you see that quite commonly in sport because I see it quite a bit in football, which I find my, like frustrating, frustrating for myself. I think that's that's a damn good point to be fair. Yeah, I know. I, I really I didn't write this in my notes. I've caught you off guard completely, but it just came into my mind. Um, yeah, I see it. I see it all the time.
1: I because what you what you've got is, you know, ultimately. When you when you're doing your extras and your in in your um in your training and your practice, you you've got people who like just do far too much loads yeah. of stuff. They're very reactive in the way they go about things. There's no plan whatsoever. Um and yeah, they're good to they just end up going around the houses ultimately. Yeah. Um and they get yeah, probably makes them worse if if, if anything. Yeah. Um and then, then like you say, you've you've got the the people who, you, when you when you sort of judging yourself at that, at that sort of age, or you look at them and you think, well, hold on, they're doing half as much as me, but they're they're performing better. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that? So is it a? a you know, I think it's a trust thing in some ways, mm-hmm. um, where people are, you know, chasing the like the impossible and they're chasing too hard. Um, but the other thing would be. Is that like, where I was where these where these people who are like really highly driven can help themselves gets back to the like the support team and being like really honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. They're probably in lots of cases they're they're a little bit frightened. They've got like like quite a lot of underlying fears there, and one and one of them would be, you know, I suppose that just that fear of of actually really getting down to the nitty gritty un- underneath it all and like looking themselves in the mirror and actually admitting that they're not so good at this, this and, you know, something else. I think that's a that's a big thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know it is. Like you said, some people just kind of all work themselves, but it's not strategized or it's not like in, into a plan. Like I was probably myself, I probably trained a lot. I know my coach at the time when I was younger kind of got me, training so much that i got to the point where i had loads of injuries cool i think which i think was kind of related it was related to the overtrain so i'd be up in uh, train quickly have my breakfast go outside and do some goal they like, keep kicking practice out on the astro turf and then i would go and train with a team to an hour later and then the afternoon would be out again taking kicking balls around so just a little something for young lads which something i wanted to kind of get across in my podcast is you don't have to go and blast training so much especially if you're starting to feel a little aches and pains you need to be sensible because your career is like it's not just the next year it's 10 15 hopefully 20 years you want to have that longevity so I think like like you mentioned having a kind of plan and not just going wall with training and stuff and then hammering yourself down taking a step back and looking at yourself and what do I actually need to work on and is the stuff that I'm doing Going to actually benefit me, or is it just going to? It's adding adding low, unnecessary like load to to what you're already doing. Um, can I just yeah, sorry,
1: yeah. Can I just add to that one? So, I mean, again, what I've noticed there is, you know, you, it, it's very it's slightly different when you've got a like somebody in an individual sport to a team sport. So, the the in the individual sport, the that might be like better supported down that route sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, because because the coach has got more time for them in effect. So the coach there's probably might be more likely to sit down with them and like have a good look at their like their overall profile, be it looking at like the you know the technical aspect of that sport, the psychological, lifestyle, um, physical, all of those things, and then really trying to help them. Doesn't always happen that way, but that that's often the case. But. Mm-hmm. In team sports, I do question whether there's enough time, like, sort of spent on that
0: because there's so many people in the team anyway. You can't just like where where it's an individual sport, like golf, for example, there's just that it's just you, and then obviously, obviously, your support equipment around you, your coach is just just focusing on you. Whereas in a team, you've got like a 30, 20, 26, 36 man squad, or whatever it can be in football or other sports, so it is hard, especially there might be some people that they can kind of hide. If you it mentally wise, if you are struggling, you might be able to just hide within the team. Whereas if you're struggling on your own, it's going to show instantly, and then something will get done about it, probably probably quicker.
1: Definitely, and then and I suppose you've got the other thing as well. You know, coaches in the main are you know the technical coaches, aren't they? That's the, mm-hmm. that's what 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 they're all about. Yeah, they'll you know they'll be a lot of them will be well read in the physical side in in psychology but that that go-to to to help somebody improve is, is probably likely to be along the lines of well yeah improve your you know your left foot or your, your finishing or, or whatever it is mm-hmm. um and it's yeah it's not necessarily always the the right answer like it might be something a bit deeper than that like
0: yeah exactly i think coaches these days i think there is a lot like at the top, top level. There probably is a lot more psychology and there probably are a lot more, like you said, a lot more educated and that kind of that run out about how to deal with certain players. Whereas something like we talked about in your podcast, whether the old school mentality kind of just get on with it kind of thing. There isn't like men don't have that kind of, like, not the men, any, anybody doesn't have that kind of, you can't be soft in a way, especially in sports like football, rugby kind of thing where it's, previously isn't kind of a thing that you talk about like mental health sort of thing so i think coaches do need to have that backbone in them like they need to have the psychology like they need to be aware of people's emotions and be able to look at someone and if they're having a bad day or something like that after performing not very well or if they kind of shying away like maybe have a word with them rather than be like shouting at them and saying what you're doing like you're yeah. better than this sort of thing maybe just pull them aside and just say is everything all right is there anything you need to talk about like if there's any help, you need to of things. So I think it's getting better.
1: Mm. No, you're right. I mean, it, it is, there's more awareness to it. Like I uh, know, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, I, I suppose getting back to those points we've talked about, mm. a bit of advice for any, any players there would be to ask the coach, like, what is it that I need to do to get into your team? Or what is it that I need to do to get better and improve? Have the courage to ask them th- those type of questions um, rather than just yeah thinking about it and having it like having it stored in your head and you actually do nothing about it and some people you know haven't got the the confidence to to really assert themselves and do that and that,
0: that
1: yeah can be like the missing ingredient
0: yeah yeah I mean I remember what I was like when I was in the in the football environment I didn't really feel like I I, I not that I wanted to but I, like, I just didn't didn't come to my mind sort of thing but now that I've kind of I'm out the game. And I take a step back. And I'm thinking, like maybe, like you should be a little bit more open. And maybe if you come forward, there might be someone else who comes forward with something. So it should be kind of pushed a bit more. But like I said, it, when you're in that environment, you, it's hard to. It's so easy me saying it now that I'm out of the environment. It's like with anything. It's. And I know if I kind of was. Maybe if I was doing certain things like my, my fitness career kind of thing, I've started doing YouTube and stuff like that. If I was doing that when I was in football, I would have had the mic took out with me. Probably like if I'm sat there filming myself with a camera, like I said to my mate, he, he was interested in doing something like that because he's got a passion for fitness. I'll oh, just do it. And it's like, oh no, I'm going to get a for it. I'm going to get this, that, and the other. It is that sort of environment. But mm. like, and then there's a serious insight into the mental, mental health. Like, you, you don't really want to talk to someone about it, but just in case someone thinks, oh, like he's a bit of a wet wipe sort of thing as well. Yeah.
1: I know that, that is the hard part, isn't it? When it comes down to your team sport, football, rugby, where, I mean, that, yeah, I think, I, I suppose that's where there's a few problems in in that. You, mm-hmm. Really, you need to be able to open out the coach, but, but <laughs> the problem, the problem uh-huh. is, you know, the coach is picking the team on the, on the Saturday, you're yeah. worried about opening up to him. Will he mm-hmm. will he pick us or not? Is he gonna yeah. drop us? Um and and then you've so got, many things. Ah, uh, so many variables. Then you've got the the like the I suppose the fear factor if people do like go with the iron iron fist sort of uh-huh. mentality in that coaching, then that ain't gonna build up like a very good relationship with the player. Um it's uh, it's it's certainly uh, there's a lot of a lot of little factors, load of things. Uh,
0: I think this is why like teams should I know obviously the top teams do have like yourself, like a sports psychologist, some or somebody just to go and talk to, that's not the coach. Um, just so they can help without the coach getting involved. If the player's really worried about that, just someone that kind of no one, you're not gonna know about like none of the players are gonna know that you are talking to this person. Not none of the coaches are just so you can actually have someone to talk to. Like you might not be able to talk to anybody at home you might feel like you don't have anybody, but teams do need to kind of have that support network, even if it's just one person within the whole club.
1: No, I, I agree. Um, and again, like from that perspective, I've been there, I've done that a few times in, in different um, clubs and organisations and what have you. And um, that in itself can be quite tough, like in my in my role, because mm-hmm. I mean... No, if... You're taking a lot of pressure, aren't you? Well what what I'm, what i mean is like you you're in you're in the middle really you know you've got the the, the players that you're that you're dealing with and if you're going to get the buy in from the players then they need to trust you ultimately they need to trust that whatever is said in the room if you like stays in the room mm-hmm. but then you need to build the trust with the coaches
0: for <laughs> yeah. them
1: to to understand and and allow you to work with the players uh-huh. so you so you if you're still on the training pitches and you're seen as the best pal where the coach is having a bit of crack and a bit of laugh, then are the players' going to be looking're yeah, going
0: to be, like, yeah
1: oh, man, is he going to go back and tell the coach <laughs> so so at the moment like from in my in my job i mean i'm I'm not working if in a in that environment i've sort of distanced myself away from that so i've got my own independent like consultancy and a I don't know I quite like that at the moment, if I'm honest, because I'm away mm. from it and um, but I do get do get approached by players and and I think like a big part of the reason for that is because I'm away from it and I know mm-hmm. whatever's gonna be discussed isn't gonna go back to the coach.
0: Yeah. It is a very difficult environment to be in, a team environment, because there's so many personalities and just talking about the bit different personalities and stuff, how if so, so for example, I'm a player, I've just signed for a new team and maybe I feel maybe not uncomfortable, but I don't feel like quite like part of the team sort of thing. I feel a little bit left out, like you maybe don't get on with one or two people. How is there anything that kind of any advice or something you would give to someone? Like joining a new team where they don't feel like part of the team, or maybe they don't get on with the manager, sort of thing. Anything they can do because it is tough mentally. Like, I've been in situations where you feel like you don't want to be in the change room, or like you're not like you're getting bullied, but like you're having to get in a bit of banter. Just, it's one of those days where you just kind of feel like I don't want to like, be involved in it. So, anything? if you probably you might have maybe talked to players or talked to athletes in that sort of situation?
1: It, like you said, it is really really tough, especially if you're experiencing that day in day out for a, for a period of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the worst thing that you can do is just let it build up. Really, you've got to, whether it's friends, family, you've got to be able to express it and get it out there. Talk about it to to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you can, if you can get some support from like someone like myself, or you know, a coach, counselor, in that way, then yeah, I'd I'd go with you know go with that. Um, you know, your I suppose your ideal as well would be you. You would have somebody within the club who you can talk to about it, but like we've said before, that's can be easier said yeah, than done. Yeah, uh. no. I it's, it's it's
0: it's so <laughs> yeah. easier saying all these things, but it's just when you're actually in that situation, it isn't that simple. Like you don't really, first of all, you don't think you might not think about it. It might not come to your mind. Like, oh, I should go want to speak to someone because there might not be that person there. Like like yourself, if you were at a, at a club, No, also you just don't you just don't want to. So. You know. See, You've got to, I suppose, yeah, get, get on Google. <laughs> yeah, Google something. I know, just, yeah, yeah. Just, just got to do it. It's, oh, it's hard to do it, though, sometimes, because there'll be lads who are in that situation they are, like, scared to or they don't want to or maybe they're scared to actually open up to some random person on the end of the phone kind of thing. Uh, uh, it does help.
1: I suppose, you know, I find, when, like, again, with my work, um, the, the key is the, is the relationship. You can have all the tools that you that you want, just like a builder has, you know, the that spanner, the hammer and all the rest yeah, yeah. of it. I've I've got like a load of tools. But if you if you're not able to have I suppose have a bit of a laugh with them a little bit and um and just open up and what have you and then then you've you you haven't got anything and it like it, yeah. it just doesn't work. So that that is always like where it starts for me, is just you know, finding out a little bit about them and what makes them tick, have a bit of crack, have a bit of a laugh, and then, um then you you know you take you take things. From yeah, there. yeah,
0: that's what it is. You've got to make it like an e- like easy open conversation. It's like if we went like I, this is the first time I spoke to you kind of face to face today. If we just went straight into a podcast it'd be like, you, you don't really you know each other, but we've kind of spoke on the phone a little bit. We had a bit of crap beforehand. Kind of like you've got to have that relaxed sort of atmosphere, don't you, to get things flowing naturally? Definitely, yeah. Unless mm-hmm. people aren't gonna open out, yeah. Yeah. Another point, probably one of, one of the last little points that we'll make on in terms of mental health and stuff like that is dealing like athletes dealing with things outside of football. So it might be like financial issues, it might be troubles with like family, with they might have split up with the misses, They might have like a family member might have passed away, unfortunately. Dealing with that sort of thing and then still having to come in day by day and perform. Like for example, I know Rio Ferdinand lost his his wife a few years ago and he mentioned in his little have you watched his documentary? Have you watched it or Yeah, have I, yeah. Yeah. I watched a few the one a few years ago and it's just his performance obviously dipped for a little bit of it, which is completely understandable, but I just how would people deal with that and still are expected to perform at that level? Like have you kind of been through or like experienced scenarios with athletes and stuff? Okay, I mean, obviously you uh, can't you can't obviously open <laughs> up about it and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you've uh, you obviously yeah you've, you've touched on something for me haven't hem. Um, yeah, yeah. If you're okay talking uh, about that, yeah, no, that's absolutely fine. So, yeah, I mean, if I think of me like personally as the sportsman. I was um, playing golf a lot up to what? Did you taught in 2003? The 2003, 2004 up to 2007 um, and I was uh, I got myself down to, on the verge of like a 2 handicap which is pr- pretty decent um, and there had been like a gradual improvement, got a whole load of coaching and, and I, was, I was like banging into it um, and then uh, my life changed hugely so uh, my wife had been ill for about six weeks she'd had uh, headaches and um sickness and stuff like that um, and i got a, i got a phone call from my mum at work um basically saying look she's she's collapsed um need a we need to get her to hospital so we went to the rbi in newcastle and um basically cut a long story short she had a whole load of tests and um it worked out she had three brain tumors and like melanoma skin cancer um she was told or we were told that she might have about 3 months to live um it worked out we had like 15 months together um and then she passed away in 2000 and yeah 2008 in the november time um so obviously I mean that was that was really it was really hard that period when she was ill and then it was tough afterwards so I never had a didn't have a golf ball for fifteen months, um, and then well, I might have I might have hit the odd golf ball there when she was ill, thinking about it. But it was it was the last place I wanted to be it was on a golf course. Um, but then when I, after she died, and then the like two thousand and nine season started, I just I hated it. Like the it was weird how. We, I just, like I say, I just absolutely detested the game. I just wanted to chuck my my clubs in the river. There was a river next to where I played. <laughs> um, didn't didn't like it at all. So, how? Hats off to a professional who can just all of a sudden like switch on and and do what they need to do. Um. Obviously, that wasn't my job. So that was my, I suppose, my pastime. You know, my my hobby. Um. What I did was at the time work wise i was um I was working as a branch manager in travel in corporate travel um was, that was what three three days a week four days a week um and that I, I was able to like really focus on my job then i just it was my it was my way out in a way like i could forget about all my troubles and stuff like that and so so I mean that's my little story, but um when you when I think about people I've worked with who've been in similar situations, the sport has actually been like I say, the the distraction they've needed. I mean you see it you see it quite often actually in sport where somebody might be like underperforming, then something happens in their life, then all of a sudden they go through like a purple patch for a short period of time because they're stopping. I suppose stop overthinking things and they just they just go out and play ultimately on autopilot um so so yeah hope that answered it in some sort of way yeah no no i
0: appreciate you sharing the story thanks like i admire like what you've been through and obviously coming out of it like i admire anybody who's been through that sort of thing and came out a stronger person obviously doing what you're doing now is like amazing so thanks for sharing with that but like you said It is a distraction in a way. Like it can be used. It can go two ways. It can go the other way where, like for you, you hated the sport kind of thing. Then some people might obviously use it as a distraction. Do you think you see that commonly with maybe some people that you've worked with where there might have been a trigger? Like for myself, like I mentioned in your podcast, there was a little bit of a trigger with my moment after my career ended with my with my ankle, and then I had a little meltdown for. A week going on holiday and what have a what have you. And then I kind of realised then like a little trigger flipped like I'm better than this kind of thing. This is this something this is what I want to do for the next whatever, pursue my career and fitness and whatever. Like do you see that a lot, because I think like you mentioned, people probably do end up excelling so well because it's fighting the demons, is the call it, isn't it? Um, and it's it's it may be not a healthy mentality that I have, but it kind of does. Lead to success
1: so it's a big, big topic, really, and some big ways. topic yeah um so maybe if you think about it, like if you go through like an event I did or or just like you did with with your injuries and stuff you, you're gonna experience the like range of emotions in no real order, you know you're gonna be as, as low as can be, you're gonna be sad, you're gonna be lethargic. Um, you're going to be angry, frustrated, comparing yourself to other people. All of this is going to go on for a period of time. Um, some people it might just be a week, some people it might be a year, it might be longer. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's not going to be permanent. I mean, Mm -hmm. like for for me, I, I struggled for a couple of years really, but it would be like, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there or half an hour here, half an hour there. So, I suppose a bit of advice for people is if is understanding that actually it's normal to experience some of those emotions mm-hmm. um that's fine. I mean God I cried I cried floods of tears me' <laughs> <I> <laughs> um, surprised it. and uh, like you just gotta accept it and just let it let it all out ultimately um and if you' are able to i used to like try and box things up where I was like right, I'm going to have me half an hour here where I'm going to look at some photos and I'm just going to let it all out. Mm-hmm. I'd be exhausted um, by the end of it. But then I'd maybe go and have a nap or something and then, right, okay, go and do your run. The run's going to going to help you here. Um, set your, and Just set yourself little daily little goals and stuff like that along the way. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, what, seeking support's a, a massive thing as well um that, that that is huge. I, I couldn't I couldn't say that enough. It's obviously it's out there about just talking about your your yeah. your problems like yeah do it. It's it's huge. Um I mean I actually I'll just give a little shout out to a charity um it's called the Way Foundation. So they're for young widows and that was like yeah a bit of a lifesaver for me in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um because the what we there was a group probably around about fifteen or twenty in the like in the northeast and um we we used to meet up about once a month and literally just go out for a for a meal a couple mm-hmm. of drinks and just yeah chat up well, I was going to say you chat about your experience up to a point, but to be honest, you end up just chatting about random stuff and it's random quite stuff, real, yeah, it's yeah, quite a relaxed sort of environment to be perfectly honest. It's not like you, you know, you're doing like a therapy style thing, and that mm. was that was huge for me. Um, yeah, we went would we'd go on walks and go to different places. Yeah. I mean, now the charity's grown a hell of a lot, and the, the organize holidays and stuff like that for young people really? and like that as well. It's uh, yeah, it's really 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 good. So so yeah, a bit of a shout out for them because yeah, no. anybody, yeah, anybody finds themselves in a similar situation. If you're married and you lose your
0: wife seek them out, no doubt about it. Uh, it's great that there's stuff like that out there though for people like you like it's great that you can like it'd be great for not just obviously what you've been through kind of thing, but anybody who's been through an experience kind of talking to people who have been through similar ones is probably like like you mentioned a great thing to do just because it not only you're not only just talking to people but you're talking to people who have been through the same thing. You can relate to things and think maybe like, I'm not the only one who's been through this, that there's people who have been through similar things and they've got through it. And they went on to stronger things and you you create friends from it as well. You've probably got a few mates from it and stuff you still keep in touch with. Definitely.
1: No, you, you do. I. And I think, you know, you hit
0: something there when you
1: talked about you're not the only one because um, mm-hmm. it is, it's a and lonely place. Like you, mm-hmm. you're, you're thinking, you're thinking like that. I used to compare myself to me, to my mates day in, day out. I'm looking, you know, social media didn't help. Like, cause you looking on social media where everybody glorifies their life, and you you looking at. For me, it was like you know they've all got families and kids and stuff like that. I haven't to that point, and am I ever going to have kids and stuff? Mm-hmm. Just like you, I'm sure you probably went through the moments where you're looking at some players you've played with and look at look at their successes they're having, and you you can get quite bitter and <laughs> twisted about it. Yeah, all. Yeah, like. I know. Um, it, but ag- again, I think that is. It is just part of the process, really. And then, if you if you're able to, as they say, control the controllables, um, focus on the things that that are under your control. Then you'll come out of it the other side, uh, much yeah,
0: much in a well, in a better better
1: place, basically.
0: Strong person, yeah, hundred percent. Everything you said there is spot on. Go on, then we'll lighten the mood. <laughs> so it, it, it was obviously expressed everything there. So we'll, we'll light in the room with them A little a little QA to finish off. So three people you'd invite round, you'd like to invite round, could be anybody in the world, past or present, for dinner or for a coffee, just for a chat. Who would you like to invite? <laughs> That's a tough one, isn't it? Big
1: stuff. <laughs> right. Um James Corden's got to be one of them because he's uh, one of the funniest guys around. He's yeah, gonna yeah. lighten your mood in no end. One hundred percent. So yeah, he's uh, he's on the list there massively. Um, I think I've, I'm going to go down the sporting route. So Ben Stokes, I would like to. Uh, yeah, yeah. A... he's from he's from up here, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I do follow my cricket as well, and like, yeah, his achievements last last summer, like what. Well, absolutely Uh amazing like um and again it's again somebody who went through a a tough a tough period um and then i mean this one's a hard one Uh um i'm not i'm not a man united fan um but i would david beckham i would i think i'd like yeah because he's like you know if you think of we're talking before about talent he was never really the most talented footballer in some ways but boy did he get the max out of it like
0: yeah I know you could, he took the, he took his opportunities though like big moments he was there wasn't he
1: massively I and you could yeah you could learn a hell of a lot from uh, spending some time with him no doubt about it and then I mean I think if you look at him as well like when he when he first when he first got interviewed on the camera to like where he is now and what he's a part owner in a football club he's obviously like pretty fearless and some of the things we talked about you know about like getting good advice and looking at yourself in the mirror and things like yeah. that he's obviously taking all that
0: on board so so yeah had uh they would be on my on my list yeah. to I'd, my <laughs> I'd lo- I know I'd love to talk to someone like someone like Beckham or something or in the fitness industry there's a, there's a guy called Christian Guzman who's pretty much he started off just doing YouTube and then he ended up starting off with a little gym, going to a bigger gym. He started his own energy drink company. So like, um, you know, like Red Bull, he started his own one and then he started his own clothing business and then, he started, and then he's, now he's, he's built some like Alphalan, it's like hotel, gym resort thing. But like, just people who like start off with something like that and start off with football and then just go on to so many different things. Like, I'd love to know what, like, what goes through the mind and mentality wise, like, how it all comes about. It just, things snowball, snowball until like, they've got like,
1: yeah. Everything. I, I, no, I'm I'm the same. I like it's like that entrepreneurial thing, isn't it? Yeah. well Yeah. No, I like uh, I I'm I'm the same. Yeah, like
0: you yeah. Steve Loves Jobs, it. you Bill Gates, Richard Branson's yeah. people like that. Like uh, uh-huh. it interests me massively. Yeah, no, it's my, the mindset of like successful people. This, this is one of the reasons I start the podcast, just to get into people's minds. Right. Uh, second question, three people you'd want to train with. Obviously, I've asking everybody this.
1: Ooh, right. Um, <laughs> so I didn't I actually. I've mentioned in this. So running was uh, a big thing that helped me. Them um, well, it has over the years. I did three marathons, um, like for a period after my wife had. Through when my wife was ill and after she died, so I'm gonna go one more far out there, like because uh, yeah. just how, just endurance and pushes on his body to the to the to the limit. I'm I'm quite interested in that one um being a golfer tiger woods um and like yeah he's phenomenal his achievements and again like he's probably he was the first golf athlete if you like um yeah he changed the sport massively so understanding uh, how he trains and yeah just his
0: whole approach and Mm -hmm. how he's how he's had how he's got through some of the things he has done I'm yeah not... no, he's he's a big person to talk about mentally because obviously with his upbringing i think he's apparently his dad used to like abuse him with golf like like push him so much and so much like until apparently i listened to a podcast yesterday they had a safe word apparently their safe word to stop was enough so if tiger said like enough that like that was his dad knew to like kind of back off so uh-huh. he's and obviously what happened since his career and stuff and he's went down went up
1: yeah ma- massively Crazy. i yeah he was he was into um like hypnosis well mm-hmm. from a performance point of view at a, at a young age as well like which is something i'm something i do as well uh all oh, right like, just so how he i would love to know how he used it um to
0: to become like basically one of the most yeah, yeah. around like but just to go quickly off topic, have you ever done hypnosis for people with long term injuries? Because I've heard about it before with people who there's a mental thing with long term injuries that people can't get fit like a similar thing to I have, they can't kind of get rid of the pain. Have you ever came across that in terms of hypnotising people to not think about the pain? To not think about the back
1: about, I suppose
0: I was like, it's a different thing altogether.
1: Yeah, no, I, I haven't really used it. For, for that if I'm honest I've heard about it and I understand like how it works um like the way I've used it, it's been more about fear um in sports or like a, you know like a motorcyclist who's had crashes um and mm-hmm. they're having to then race to that and push themselves to that absolute limit to the to the golfer who has performance anxiety and frighten the grip of golf club and all that and you know footballer who who kind of cross a ball well they can cross a ball in training but they're kind of in matches those sort of things um that's yeah. really the way i've worked it but
0: but um i can see yeah how it would be like really helpful for yeah um, i could there's so many questions i could dive into there but run out of time for uh, that one anyway uh, and then the last last little question would be one thing that you would say to yourself five years ago
1: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Be grateful for the, the little things in life. Um, no doubt about it. Um, you know, it just—I mean, I'm lucky now. I've got two kids. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So life's turned around, and every day I just I look and, like, you know, as well as you think about your senses, just being able to—I'm I'm lucky. I can see. I can see them growing up. I can hear them talk. Um, I can play and mess around with them. Um, you know, little tiny little things. That's that's what life's all about. Ultimately, just mm-hmm. yeah, being able to, to enjoy those little little things.
0: Definitely appreciate. I'm massive on that. Just appreciating the little things. I do a little journal in the morning. I don't know if I mentioned it. A little journal in the morning, write down three things that you're grateful for. Just kind of gives you a little bit of perspective and where you're at. And if you're having a bad day, it gives you a little bit of a boost as well.
1: It, yeah, it does. I'm I'm the same actually. I've got a gratitude app on my phone. Um, I, Oh, i try to do it every day but it's
0: uh, sometimes i don't yeah. do it,
1: but, uh, <laughs> I tell you what though it's it, uh it does shift your mindset because i i wasn't very good at that until it was about three years ago i started doing it and i i noticed you do it day in day out like yeah, 100%. A pinch, yeah it changes you huge yeah
0: you i've done that mine for nearly it'd be coming up to nearly two years now i think um, I done mine was was when I kind of left Newcastle, and probably a few months after when I was struggling a little bit, I started doing mine. Then and then, like you, like you said, like some days, I kind of missed it and didn't get into it. But probably since since my ankle injury, I've I haven't missed a day. So that's since like August mm-hmm. time, I've been made sure that I haven't missed a day. So I got a little black book. I'll so, give you I give a pat on the back for that. That's uh, <laughs> nothing. That like, and <laughs> I, I think I remember even a few times when I've been like went on night out. I've, I've done it before. I'll go out just so I know I'm not gonna miss it the next day or so something or something like that. Aye, aye, so, aye. No excuses. But anyway, Tuesday. Dave, uh, where can people find you? Social media, website-wise.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So website-wise, um, website is sport-excellence.co.uk. I do a a weekly blog. Um I've got a whole lot of resources on there to help to help people. Um launching a podcast myself very soon called Demystifying Mental Toughness. Um where basically I'm trying to educate people from more so sport, but there is stuff around business and life in general about like the importance of mental toughness and a bit of background on it because mental toughness people think it's a bit of a macho male thing and a sport thing, but actually there's a lot more to it than that. So I'm trying to bust some little myths around that one. Um, Social media, you'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, under Mental Toughness Matters. And uh, Twitter, you've got M underscore T underscore
0: matters. So yeah, you'll find us there. All right, I thought to be fair, I need to follow you back. I need to get, get you on Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, so everyone will check them out. We just recorded a podcast just prior to this. We've done two podcasts back the back. So I've done, we've done one for Dave's podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Anyway, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Dave, today talk about plenty of good topics there. So hopefully everyone's enjoying, enjoyed that.
1: No, thanks for inviting us. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I appreciate
0: it. Thank I appreciate you. appreciate it. Spot on. So Thank you very much everybody if you stayed all the way to the end of the podcast. I massively appreciate it again and it was great having Dave on talking about loads of different topics which I think need to be discussed a lot more. Now if you did enjoy this episode of the podcast it would mean a lot if you could give us a five star rating, leave a little review. Also remember to subscribe to Dave's podcast when it comes out as well. If you're not subscribed as well to my podcast process get subscribed. Also If there's any topics that we discussed in this podcast that you maybe want to talk to me about or talk to Dave about, make sure to just message us on social media. We'll respond as quick as possible and we're happy to talk to anybody. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. This has been Process.